In a very short time, we've been forced to reevaluate our values, values related to employment, family, and home. And as we come out of two history-making pandemic years, connecting with others is more important than ever. But it's safe to say that the way we can and want to connect has changed. Just as we're navigating new norms in work and life, so are our clients. Whoever and wherever you are, if you support adults in learning in life, the Getting Connected podcast may be for you. In this season, we look to explore relevant topics to help you and your clients adapt to a new reality. So grab a coffee, give us just a few minutes of your workday, and let's connect. Hi everyone, I'm Ashley Hoth-Murray and you are listening to the Getting Connected podcast. I'm here solo today uh, to talk to you about how to implement and write inclusive policy. This is a two-part series that I'm doing on my own. It is a little bit of a niche for me. Uh, it's, it's become something that I've really found a passion uh, for. Um, I started my, uh, my educational pursuits um, as a woman and gender studies student, and it, it's really been interesting to see how over the last few decades I've been able to implement that degree uh, in a way that's really meaningful. And, and that's, I think, why I have been so drawn um, to the importance of implementing uh, inclusion and diversity policy. So first things first, I'm going to talk to you today about why it's important to have inclusive policy. Uh, So it will be no shock to anyone that inclusion is really at the forefront uh, of discussion, both in our personal and professional lives. Uh, Maybe 10 years ago, we were really focused on serving the masses, meeting the needs of, of those that were right in front of us. And now there's much more of a discussion of how to serve people, um, you know, on on the edges who maybe have been overlooked and haven't had the same access, uh, and we're we're prioritizing uh, often service to those people so that they have uh, equal opportunity um, to be served. The importance of inclusive policy really is just so that you can meet the needs of those that need you. Um, the measure of whether a policy is inclusive uh, is really about its outcome. Does it does it make impact? Does it uh, change someone's access? Uh, are you able to you know serve someone or hear someone uh, bring someone to the table who has been historically ostracized um, from those spaces? We want to really generate uh, an environment, create a space where no one is excluded, marginalized, treated unfairly, or prevented from accessing our resources, um, having access to responsibilities and accountabilities, opportunities, and benefits. And that's not to say uh, there's really a shift from the word equality, which which was big uh, you know, a few a few years ago, maybe a decade ago, where we were talking about giving everybody uh, access to the same tools um, that that would make them equal. Uh, now we talk more about equity. What does someone need uh, to to be to be equal? Um, maybe we don't need the same uh, the same tools and resources. Maybe some groups need more and, and some groups need less. Um, some groups need more space to talk. 
uh, a bigger platform um, because their voices maybe haven't been as loud uh, and haven't been as recognized. So it's really important to, to think about the difference between equality and equity when you're writing your policies because the last thing that you want to do is write a blanket statement. And we so often, you know, we start from this place of positivity where we want to come across as everyone's welcome, everyone comes to the table. But we really want to make sure when we're writing inclusive policy that we are acknowledging that we are giving space to voices that are not necessarily uh, as loud uh, historically. So one of the best ways that you can, or, or one of the first steps to actually having inclusive policy is having equity-minded staff. And there's a really great uh, book called Public School Equity um, by Mania C. Whitaker. And it's a great book for anyone that's interested on, uh, in equity policy and practices related to education. Now, it is a U.S. Uh, resource. Uh, and it is written about the public school system, but I found a lot of really great messaging that can be easily translated to adult literacy and other adult programming. So in public school equity, uh, Mania talks about the importance of having equity-minded staff, and you do this by hiring. So your hiring policies are really the best place to start. Uh, we often put inclusion uh, as a second uh, you know, a secondary piece, something that's nice to to have. It's you know something that we want we want to have, but necessarily isn't the most important thing. So we don't necessarily integrate it into our hiring practices because we think that we can train people once they're hired. Well, let's flip the script on that and let's hire people that are already equity minded, so that when they come to the you know to work, they're they're ready to support and implement and live our inclusive policy. So equity-minded staff, they, it really is about three areas, beliefs, values, and attitudes. Making sure the people that are, that are working for you, that are in your environment, have equity-minded beliefs, values, and attitudes. So equity-minded beliefs, you know, people that believe diversity is an asset, that it's a resource. It's something that makes your space and your service better. Uh, the belief that knowledge is co-created. So it's not something to be handed down. It's something that's collaborative where we can all come to the table. We can learn from each other and we can, that knowledge is evolving. Uh, it's the belief that organizations, if they're not interrupted, if we don't allow for the space for this discussion and this evolution, that they can be sites of social and cultural reproduction. And we really want to allow our staff to question uh you know, who we are as an organization and shake it up if maybe we are stuck in that site of social and cultural reproduction. Equity-minded staff, those are people that have the same values, those inclusive values. They believe in democracy, uh, in resistance, the ability to speak out. They believe in effective learning experiences. So that's that, you know, chronic lifelong learner. They believe in equity. Again, that's equity over equality. They believe in authenticity, showing up as who they are and receiving people as who they are, allowing people to, you know, your clients to identify themselves, how they want to be seen and spoken to and being open to that. It's also the value of self-awareness and self-awareness is so important when we talk about inclusion because we all come to the table with bias and we want to be able to. 
to acknowledge that bias so that we can move through it. Uh, and we will always have some bias, but by acknowledging it, we can actually, you know, you know, shape our own behaviors if we believe, if we have those equity beliefs, uh, that diversity is an asset. Equity-minded staff, they have great inclusive attitudes. So they're the staff that really, you know, come to you with empathy. They, they want to meet the client where they are, acknowledge their experience, feel it with them. Uh, they come with cultural humility. They recognize historic acts that may have shaped um, shaped the world. And although maybe they didn't participate in some, uh, some of the more heinous uh, historical acts, they understand that those still have long-lasting legacy and impact. They are staff that come with hope. They believe that change can, be, can, can happen. And they're staff that come with love. They, you know, they love the, the world and the space and, and, and the people. And they're, they're willing to show um, that type of service through love. So when you have your equity-minded staff, it's really setting, uh, setting the stage to allow for the real implementation of inclusive policy. And so today we're going to talk about inclusive policy or, or writing an inclusive statement. Uh, what is an, inclusive, an inclusion policy or an equity policy or a diversity policy? Uh, some DEI is the, the big one, diversity, equity, uh, and inclusion what, what is an inclusion policy statement? It's really just a strong statement that you put on the wall of your organization that showcases your values as an organization that relates to diversity, equity, and inclusion. So it's something that you want to um, share, that you want uh, it to be um, integrated into other policies and practices in your environment and, and constantly uh, revisited. It's collaborative, so there's no point writing an inclusive policy about being collaborative if you aren't collaborative. So you want to ensure that you have many levels. Um, you have, you know, your frontline workers, your middle managers, uh, your senior management, your clients, your, uh, you know, the community partners you work with, uh, maybe even your funders that you're involving them, so that you can make sure that there is collaboration. Um, in the, in the writing of your inclusion policy, and then also in the implementation so that your policy and your practices match. Uh, because you cannot promote inclusion if you do not include. You want your inclusion policy to be used as a test against other policies. So it's really a policy that can then measure other policies. Do we meet uh, this inclusive mindset that we are promoting through our inclusion statement. A really great statement that comes out of, I believe this is T-Mobile. This is uh, their inclusion statement. It says, diversity, uniqueness is powerful. Be yourself, we like it that way. Diversity fuels the uncarrier spirit. Our commitment to inclusion across race, gender, age, religion, identity, and experience drives us forward every day. Here's another one from Comcast, NBC Universal. Diversity and inclusion are foundation for innovation. 
at Comcast, NBC, Universal. Diversity and inclusion are part of our DNA. Together, we continue to build an inclusive culture that encourages, supports, and celebrates the diverse voices of our employees. It fuels our innovation and connects us closer to our customers and the communities we serve. I just want to read this one statement again because I find it's very impactful. At Comcast NBC Universal, diversity and inclusion are part of our DNA. Again, revisiting the concept, your inclusion policy should be central to your organization. It should allow you to hire the right people and it should be used to measure all other policies and practices. It is integrated into your DNA. Here is my favorite, different together. At Apple, we're not all the same and that's our greatest strength. We draw on the differences in who we are, what we've experienced and how we think. Because to create products that serve everyone, we believe in including everyone. And it's interesting because as I was reading it, I was thinking, you know what, this this is this does speak to that blanketing where we welcome everyone to the table. I think this also very much speaks to Apple uh, and their brand. And so you want to make sure that you are speaking to your client and your brand when you write your inclusive statement. So for Apple, they really are about being minimalist, um, being uh, modern, being very streamlined. And so their, their inclusive policy really reflects that versus, you know, Comcast, NBC, or even, uh, T-Mobile, where they're they're identifying more about um, different voices. Um, they're talking about inclusive culture related to different supports. Uh, they're talking about uh, different communities. Um, so it, again, it really does need to reflect your brand. And in, in adult learning, I think we really do want to target um, acknowledging voices that maybe haven't historically been at our table. So let's talk about what you need to do to develop your policy. So now we know what it is. Let's talk about developing it. So you're going to think about the three principles of inclusion, access, participation, and support. So you're going to think about access. Who who accesses our services, our space? Who doesn't access our services and our space but could benefit from them? Then we're going into participation. That's where you're really saying who who is involved, who who's what are all the voices around the table? And you're gonna, you know, that's when you're thinking about your your clients, your staff at all levels, your funders, your community partners, uh, you know, maybe people that that um are involved, maybe come into your space. Maybe they don't access your service directly, but they come into your space. Uh, so who who kind of participates uh in your organization? And you're going to think about um, support. So what types of support can you offer um, in terms of inclusion? What, uh, how would you, you know, support uh, 
you know, people with different needs who need access to different resources. Because, you know, you can embed that into your policy and you can speak to that and then someone reading it uh, can know how they will be supported and included coming into your space. So these principles of inclusion, access, participation, and support, they're there to guide your decisions and your actions. So you really need to kind of identify these before you're writing your inclusive policy. The next piece that you want to do as you're developing is you want to reflect on your organization's mission, vision, and values. Uh, you, you might want to think about the last time that you did this uh, and the last time that they were revised because maybe before you write your inclusive policy, it's time to really revisit your mission, vision, and values. But once we have those, uh, we, we want to also bring those to the forefront again. They often get lost in, uh, you know, in it's your first day, here's the human resources manual to read, here's our mission, vision, values, or maybe they're, you know, included in a, in a report to your funder, but your staff haven't, you know, had them at a staff meeting for, uh, for several meetings. So you want to make sure that you are bringing those to, to the forefront and that they're matching your, um, your inclusive uh, ideals. And you want to get everyone involved in your program, as we said, because they're involved in implementing your policy. So you're going to get their input from the beginning uh, and you're going to use this information uh, to write your policy. If you do, one thing that I, I do want to point out is your inclusive policy is really going to be you know, not a very long statement, but a very impactful statement. And sometimes we feel like we have more to say, especially if we, uh, if we do, you know, focus groups and interviews and, and get feedback in different ways from different partners, we want to be able to include that somewhere. So I, when I was, uh, when I was researching this topic, um, a while ago, I found a really cool document on the, uh, New Brunswick, the government of New Brunswick, website, uh, specifically Department of Education and Early Childhood Development. And they actually created a secondary document uh, that talked about the provincial policy for inclusion that they were implementing in their licensed early learning and childcare facilities. And what I really loved about it is they talked about the whole process that they went through or that they were going that they were going through at the time. So they said that it what what was the purpose of it that it was going to serve as a framework for individual facilities to build their own inclusion policy that the policy was going to be accompanied by resources to support uh, licensed early learning and childcare facilities that each operator was going to work with the department uh, to develop their own inclusion policy and as a first first step the policy was going to be implemented uh, in specific centers so that they could serve as a model. They identified who would benefit. So all preschool children aged five and under that were attending the facilities uh, and that operators and educators would also benefit. And, and I just want to identify, often we forget our staff when we're talking about inclusion policy. Make sure that your staff are included in that as well. They also talked about why they were doing it uh, and 
you know, they want to ensure that every child is included, respected, and supported in developing their full potential through enriching experience. And every child must have access to and participate in high quality learning activities throughout their day in licensed early learning and childcare facilities. So I love this secondary document with a lot of information um, because some of us really like to give you all the information. But the point is, you don't put it in your inclusive inclusion statement. You may have a secondary document for those people that are interested or that are so involved in the implementation that they need a little bit of background. And I just, I just love. I haven't seen that, um, that type of document that was really about the why. Uh, I've seen long documents that are really about how they're going to implement. Um, but this was kind of a unique piece that I will. Uh, I will definitely promote and use with organizations in the future. When you're developing your inclusion policy, you're obviously going to consider your language. Uh, you want to make sure that it is reflective of modern values, uh, that we are not using outdated terms. You also want to look at funders and see the language that they're using. Uh, you might want to reflect that. Um, but most importantly, you are going to ensure that if you're speaking about a group, of people that you are identifying them the way that they want to be identified. You, once you've written your inclusive policy, your inclusion statement, you are then going to pull out your other policies and you are going to measure them. So you can start with your broadest policy first. Uh, it's usually the best place to start. And then you can continue through to make sure that all your policies uh, are, are aligned um, with with this key policy. When you're ready to implement, you're going to get your inclusion policy approved by senior management and or the board of directors, depending on your organization. So they need to sign off on it. You got to be really careful though, because if you have a strong statement, what you don't want to do is take it to senior management and the board of directors and have them change it and pass it. If there are changes and revisions, you want to take that back to uh, your key stakeholders and have them maybe participate in the discussions of revision. It's very important that you don't just have uh, the top level kind of uh, change it in a way that might affect um, the messaging. Uh, as we said before, you're ensuring that all your other policies, procedures, and practices align with your inclusion policy. So maybe it's not just the policies that are written down, but it's the day-to-day -day things you do uh, and your staff do. Make sure that they align with your policy. And you're going to train and empower everyone who needs to understand to use the policy. So there's no point having an inclusion statement on your wall that doesn't get used. Uh, it is a time where it's really fashionable to have an inclusion policy, um, but we want to make sure that we are using it for change and, and, and for good. And remember, it's a living policy. So once you start using the policy and you're using the other related policies and, and changing your practices, test, validate, and revise. Uh, maybe language changes and it needs to be adapted. Um, Maybe, you know, you're serving a different group or your mission, vision, and values change. So that needs to uh, be reflected in your inclusion policy. All right. 
I am going to leave that there. And in the next episode, because this is a two-part series, we're really going to get down to the nitty-gritty of how to write your inclusion policy uh, from everything from the type of language to use, uh, how to mention specific underrepresented groups, how to commit to diversity, uh, and and how to identify uh, the benefits. So I will see you back uh, next week to finish off this series. Thanks for listening, listener. uh, And I look forward to getting connected with you next time. (music) 